Today we're celebrating the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And at this church, we always think it's fitting to have the testimonies of God's people. And so today we're going to have some testimonies now from the adults. You know, we heard from the children. We heard from the youth. But as adults, we know that life gets difficult, doesn't it? We face our hard times. We face our challenges. We go through things in life that we weren't prepared for. Nobody prepared us for those things. But do you know that Jesus went ahead of you? That the Bible literally says before he ever created us, he already had the end of us in mind. He is not only the beginning, he is also the end. And so when we look to the crucifixion of Jesus as we celebrated on Good Friday, we're looking to a God who understands all of our problems. If you ever are confused about religion, let me help you because I know there's a lot of religions out there. Let me tell you how to know the difference between the right one and the wrong ones. All of the founders of those religions are dead. Our Jesus is alive, ascended to heaven the third day. That's the truth. That is the truth. Our Jesus is alive. Buddha, still dead in the grave. Muhammad, still dead in the grave. All of those gurus from India, still dead in the grave. And Christianity is not built on myths, my friends. We saw Jesus rise. The disciples laid down their lives for that, that testimony. People will die for something they hope to be true, but nobody will die for something they know to be a lie. Peter, the coward who denied Jesus three times, was crucified upside down in Rome because he claimed to have seen Jesus. They died not only for their faith in the risen Lord, but for his kingdom to come. They knew the only reason he had left was so that the message could be spread around the world. He said that to him, go to all the nations, preaching the gospel, making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I'm with you always to the very end of the age. How many are happy 2,000 years later Jesus is still here? Amen. Trends come and go. Religions come and go, governments come and go, your paycheck comes and goes, but Jesus remains the same forever. Somebody say immeasurably more. What the crucifixion of Jesus tells me is that God can do immeasurably more than anything I can ever ask, think, or imagine. When we look at the Easter story in the book of John, chapter 19, verse 1, we see that Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged, and then they put a crown of thorns around his head. They clothed him in a purple robe to mock him and beat him, and they said, Hail, King of the Jews. They slapped him in his face. Then Pilate came out and gathered the Jews and said, Look, I bring him out to you, but there's no real reason to kill him. Then they said, No, we want him killed. Crucify him. The Jews couldn't kill him on their own, so they had the Romans do it for them. Finally, Pilate handed Jesus over to them to be crucified. So the soldiers took charge of Jesus, carrying his own cross, about 110 pounds, a a beam like you would see, a railroad tie. He carried on his back after being up all night, being beat by those whips, being punched in the face. They went up to the place called the skull, Golgotha in Aramaic. They crucified him with two other thieves, Jesus in the middle. And then Pilate put a notice above his head to mock him, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. There he was hanging and dying for us. There he was taking our sins. When you see Jesus on the cross, you see Jesus taking your place. You deserved it, my friend. You were the sinner that has sinned. You're the one that's told lies. You're the one that's taken stuff that doesn't belong to you. You're the one that's lusted. I have. We all have. We've all sinned. 
The Bible then says Jesus cries out, I'm thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was given to him. He takes a sip of it. Then in verse 30, he says, it is finished. How many are happy today that you don't have to pray five times towards a rock in Mecca, but Jesus said, it's finished. How many are glad today you don't have to keep telling your naughty secrets to Father Tom because Jesus said, it is finished. How many are happy you don't have to wear yoga pants and become a vegan and try to meditate your way to nirvana because Jesus said, it is finished. It wasn't just a good man dying for a good cause like Braveheart. It was the God-man dying for sinners, his enemies, that they might live. God showed his love towards us in this, that while we were yet enemies of God, Jesus died for us. He didn't die for his countrymen. He didn't die just for his friends and family. He died for a world that betrayed him from the very first day in the garden. He died for Cain, who killed his own brother Abel. He died for Nazi Germans. He died for gangbangers. He died for moms addicted to Adderall. He died for people who are greedy. He died for Hitler. He died for Trump. He died for Clinton. He died for you, and he died for me. The soldiers came and broke the legs of the man crucified next to Jesus, but when they came to Jesus, they found out he was already dead, so they pierced his side, and a flow of blood and water came out. There was a tomb by the place of the crucifixion owned by Joseph of Arimathea, so they buried him there early on the first day of the week, though. Come on, somebody say the first day of the week. This is why now we do not have church on Saturday like the Jewish people. We now have it on the first day of the week, Sunday, because it's on that day that our Jesus rised. While it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb, saw that the stone had been rolled away. She ran to Peter and told him, as well as John, and they ran there, and they thought somebody had stolen the body. They still didn't even believe. Don't tell me this is a myth. Don't tell me these scared disciples made it up. Even to the very last minute, they don't believe. And the first one to believe are women. So could you imagine Peter having to tell this testimony everywhere he went? He, they would say, Peter, you believed, right? And he said, no, it was the women who knew first. You see, in that culture, women didn't even get a vote in court or in their laws. They couldn't even be a witness on the stand. And yet they were a witness for Christianity because God was showing the value of women. Eventually, Peter gets there. John gets there. They begin to realize, wow, he probably actually did what he said he was going to do, which was rise again on the third day. Jesus predicted his own death. Then on that evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together, when the doors were locked because of the fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came, stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed his hands and his side. Some people say it was just a mirage. It was just a vision, maybe like how we see our dead relatives in our room at night every now and then. No, no, this is not a ghost. This is not an aberration. He showed him his actual hands. He said, touch my side. Then the disciples were filled with joy and overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Are there any disciples today that are filled with joy because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Amen. That's why we do what we do. Paul was a Jewish man who hated Christians. He actually hunted them down and tried to kill them. He considered Christianity a cult, something that was taking away the Jewish religion. But he met Jesus on the road to Damascus as he was going to persecute Christians. He was blind for three days. Jesus appeared to him. He became a great Christian leader, wrote three-fourths of the New Testament. 
This is what he says that now all Christians can expect because of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Some may say immeasurably more. We can expect an immeasurably more kind of life. Our God does not promise us a yellow brick road skipping in the rain. He says, you will have troubles. He said, in this world, they have hated me. They will, be, they will hate you, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. If it were not so, I would not tell you. But I am going there, and where I am, you will be. There is hope beyond the scope of human limitation. Look at how Paul brought this together in his book of Ephesians, chapter 3, verse 16. This was Paul's prayer, and it's my prayer for you today. I pray that out of his glorious riches, the riches of God, that he may strengthen you with power in his spirit, in your, by his spirit, in your inner being. Some may say, by the spirit. Thank you, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. How many want Jesus to live in your hearts? Jesus lives in my heart because the spirit is here. When Jesus raised from the dead, he went to the right hand of the Father. The Father and Son are there now in heaven, but he sent the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost so that he might live within us. And he says, I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide. Somebody say, how wide? How long? Come on, how high and how deep is the love of Christ? How much does Jesus love you? In his hands and in his feet, he was saying, I love you this much. That's the love of God. Show me what man would do that for his enemies. Show me what God of mythology does that for his people. The God of the myths are no different than Marvel superheroes. But God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit loved us so much that the Son came and laid down his life for us. This is the love of God. You could spend the rest of your life and not see the width, the length, the height, or the death. It says, and this love surpasses even our knowledge. I understand sometimes it's hard to comprehend, but it says that we may be filled with the fullness to the full measure of God. Now look at verse 20 and 21. Let's read it together. One, two, three. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. I'm going to give the chance for some of our adults to come up here and share their testimonies as we prepare to close because I know many of you here say, Pastor, that's easy for you to say on Sunday, especially Easter Sunday when we're all dressed nice and we're going to spend time with our family. You may say, Pastor, it's easy for you to tell us that God's with us and his love is great. But what happens on Monday when I got to go to the doctor? Pastor, what happens when I got to go to divorce court? My wife has left me. My husband has left me. Pastor, what about when I got to go get into this job and fight for my raise? And that's a dog-eat-dog -dog world. Nobody cares about me there, Pastor. I got to make that money. You want to, to know about real life? Let me tell you some stories today about real life. Let me tell you some stories from this church, from people just like yourself who have had to face what I would say are the hardest imaginable things. Everybody look up at me. Some of the testimonies you're about ready to hear are your worst nightmares. Your worst nightmares. And I have watched the people of this church see the immeasurably more 
the immeasurably more love of God come through their life. So the first ones that I would like to come up today are those who have faced cancer in this life. I'm going to ask that Pastor Lauren Sienski would come with those who have faced cancer. Because I want to tell you today, as they come to the stage, that God can do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, even when we have cancer. Praise God. Praise God. He is good. He is faithful. Like Pastor Joe said, my name is Lauren. This is Iris and Tina. And we are the group that gets to represent overcoming cancer today. Not just one of us got diagnosed. Three of us got diagnosed within the same year. It, is, it was absolutely crazy. <laughs> Insane is the only word that comes to my head. Something that we never thought would happen to us. Tina is a single mom of two beautiful children. She was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. And if you hear her testimony, it's so powerful because she doesn't talk about the cancer. What she talks about is the peace of God that she felt when she got the diagnosis. As soon as the doctor told her, you have cancer, it was beyond her comprehension. It was beyond her understanding, but she felt God's peace. And it was that peace that carried her through, through the surgery. And today she stands strong. She stands healthy before you. And God is faithful. Iris was diagnosed with cervical cancer. She's a grandma, a mom of three. And at that moment, she got the phone call at work. She's sitting at her desk. She gets a phone call from a doctor. You have cancer. Worst nightmare in her life. And in that moment, she had a choice to allow the fear to overtake her, the fear of the unknown, the fear of death, the fear that she's not going to see her grandchildren grow up. Or she could have allowed God's promises to take over. And that is what she does. Thank God for this woman of God who stood on God's promises every step of the way. And today she is cancer free. And I was diagnosed about six months ago with Hodgkin's lymphoma. I've been going through chemotherapy. I have two treatments left until we get a good report. <laughs> And though this was one of the hardest trials my family and I have faced, I have seen God's hand, his faithfulness, his goodness, and his kindness through it all. And I am so thankful. And I know I've said it before, and I could say it for all three of us. See, we come from a life of sin. We could have died in our sin. We are thankful that we get to know Jesus. So we would rather have cancer and know Jesus than have anything else in this world and not know him. And though we had different cancers, we had different stories, different treatments, our outcome was the same, and that was this, that when we got cancer, God's grace was there, and it met us, and it carried us through. Praise God. Give them another hand clap. Come on, God is good. Some of you may be thinking to yourself right now, well, where's God? You know, if God's so good, why does he give them cancer? Let me ask you the question. What's the alternative? You disbelieving in God? You becoming a fool saying there is no God? Because if there is no God, your life is worthless, my friend. You're nothing but dust. You're nothing but molecules in motion. The only reason why we know there's evil is because there's good. 
There is no such thing as darkness. Darkness is only present when the absence of light is not there. The only reason why you know evil in this world is because you know good. And good does not come from the goo through the zoo to, the, to you by evolution. It came from your creator. And the reason why we feel icky in this world, hurt in this world, evil in this world is because of sin from the Garden of Eden. But Jesus dying on the cross was there for our sins, our sorrows, and our sicknesses. I put my trust in the one who raised from the dead so that we all will be healed one day because when this life is over your soul lives on and I put my trust in the God who not only raised himself from the dead but raises those we have loved in this world from the dead when they put their trust in him Jesus said he's the resurrection and the life the hope that the Christian has at funerals is that we will see the loved one again and that's why we preach in this church the way we do, because not all people get to go to heaven. That's why Jesus said to Nicodemus, one of the most religious people in John chapter 3, he said, unless you're born again, you can never see the kingdom of God. So as we get to these next testimonies, which are my worst nightmares? To lose my parents, to lose children. As you hear these testimonies, I want you to hear the hope that they have that goes beyond the scope of human limitation. They believe in a God who not only raised his son from the dead, but will raise their loved ones from the dead. Let's give it up for Adam as the rest of the team comes. Because I'll tell you what, God is able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine when we suffer the loss of our loved ones. Amen. Hello again, everyone. Um, I have the wonderful opportunity of sharing our testimonies and, and going through loss, experiencing death in our lives with Jesus. You see, almost a year now... Um, <sighs> I'm at a loss for it because I'm amazed at God. Almost a year, my wife and I uh, found out that we had lost our baby boy. And as Joe had said, that was the worst thing, our worst nightmare, the worst thing that we've ever gone through. Yet in the midst of that, God was faithful to us. God was there every step of the way. I mean, if you came into the hospital room, there was such an overwhelming sense of peace. We were worshiping God in the midst of going through that loss. It was hard, yet God was there. He says that he's close to the brokenhearted. And we experienced that. That is our testimony. God had sustained us through that. And it's just not my testimony. It's the testimony that Amy shares, who lost her father this past year. You see, her father was a strong man, hardly getting sick, was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer. And for her to go through that, it was tough. Yet her testimony is that God had sustained her. And in that time, the doctors gave her father two months to live. And by God's grace, he had lived more. And she saw her father draw closer and closer to Jesus. And it's the hope that we have as Christians that one day, Amy's going to see her father in heaven. I'm going to see my baby boy in heaven. And it's the testimony that we have. 
The same with Catherine, not only experiencing close loss with relatives as a result of homicide and violence, but also the loss of a child in the womb. You see, God has taken those dark moments and used it for his glory, where not only her family has drawn closer to Jesus, but her family members have given their lives over to God. Amen? You see, God can turn the darkest moment into good, into light. And last but not least, Jackie, who had lost a close uncle and an aunt, had seen her family get preached to, hear the gospel. And it is her testimony that she says that it's only drawn her closer to Jesus. So my friends, Jesus is great. And we have personally seen him do immeasurably more in our lives, even experiencing loss. Amen. Amen. Let's give it up for him one more time. That takes bravery. Amen. I want you to think about that. Because we literally look at death as Christians and we say, death, where's your sting? Death, where is your sorrow? It is swallowed up in the resurrection of our Jesus. When Christians would die, literally the pagans would become Christians at their burial sites even when they were being burned alive because they would say, we never saw people face death like Christians. They came to the worst of the life, the, the worst thing you could ever imagine, and they came there with courage and hope. But you know what? Life's not all just about cancer and loss. I understand that. So I prepared another set of testimonies because all of us, we want to live the good life. All of us want to be prosperous. We want to do well in life. I'm so thankful that my wife, a mother of five, pregnant with our sixth baby, a pastor's wife, is getting her master's degree, and she got straight A's last quarter. Come on, somebody. I'm thankful that my children got somebody to look up to. I'm thankful for a church that loves to grind, that loves to go to work on Mondays. They don't look at it like, how do I go to work? Do I need all of these things? No, they look at their purposes on Monday because they're going to follow the scripture that says, I'm going to do all things as unto the Lord. And so I want to ask those to come up here that are out of the ordinary, coming into the extraordinary. Would you come up now? Come on, as Juan leads the charge. Let's give it up for them to come right now. Because they're going to share with you that God is able to do more than you could ever ask or imagine, even more than the ordinary. That's right. Hallelujah. I'm here to uh, testify about how, uh, how God is doing immeasurably more awesome things in our lives. We're going to start with my, my friends right here, the Eskimos. Uh, five children. Uh, and, and, you know, normally in, in this society, we look at five kids like, man, that, them people got a lot of kids. They must be struggling. Like, something's going on there and here. We see an example of five children and a happily married, or four children, a happily married uh, couple. They love each other. And my brother here is getting immeasurably more favor on his job. Uh, God just blessed him with a new job where they're closer to home, so he has a shorter commute. And how many people know that a shorter commute is pretty much amazing? Uh, immeasurably amazingness. Uh, and then we got uh, his wife, uh, the mother of the four children, the, the wife of the hardworking husband, and, and getting straight A's in Bible college right now with four kids. That is a testimony to God's amazingness. My amazing wife right here, when we first met, uh, um, just like many other people without Jesus, uh, was suffering through a depression, uh, now is depression-free in the name of Jesus. 
she, uh, and then also getting straight A's in college and, and, and going to be um, starting her master's degree very shortly. So that is immeasurably awesome. Uh, the Lay family also experiencing God's immeasurably more love and peace. Uh, can I talk a little bit about your testimony? My friend here uh, did five years in prison seven years in prison, uh, came out, is now free of prison, obviously, and free in the name of Jesus, uh, ain't never going back, uh, and, and that is pretty immeasurably amazing, and together, uh, now married uh, with the first child on their way, and recently purchased their first home, which is immeasurably amazing as well, and then last, but very, very much so, not least, we all know my, our sister Tina here, uh, Recovering or fully recovered from cancer, also a Bible college uh, graduate, and now recently just got her first job, first career job with CPS. So give it up to God's immeasurably amazingness in all of their lives. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Oh, and myself. I. Uh, j just like Paul said, the worst of sinners before Jesus, uh, drug dealer, drug user, uh, uh, got in trouble a bunch, arrested six times for graffiti. That was my background. I was addicted to stealing, and God set me free. Uh, he used all of my passions, which was art, photography, things that I would at one point use for uh, my own glory and to gain recognition in the world or in the streets or whatever that was. And he used it to glorify him through the now business that my family and I own. It's called Nini's Deli. We've been having a lot of success in the name of Jesus. Uh, we've been on TV multiple times, national, local, radio stations, newspapers, like every other week. So praise God for God's immeasurably more favor and grace in all of our lives. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's give it up for him one more time. God's able to do more than the ordinary. He can do the extraordinary. As the band and altar workers come, I want to thank you for joining with us today. But before we go, I want to ask you a question. What's your story? Because today we heard his story. We heard Jesus' story of the cross, the burial, the resurrection. You heard our story about how God has been with our people through cancer, through loss, and even helping them achieve their dreams so the question remains, what is your story? His story, our story, your story. And God can do immeasurably more. I want you to think about today the first most important part of your story, and that is being born again, knowing Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. If you don't know Jesus, these prayer workers will be here for you at the end of service as the worship music plays again for you to find one of them, to pray with them. If you haven't started discipleship or joined a good church and you're looking for some support in your Christianity, join these altar workers as well. Or if you're today and you're facing cancer, a loss, or just some other kind of trouble in your life and you want someone to pray with you, come on up. And then lastly, if you want to achieve your dreams and you're saying, man, I came to church. I got dressed up today. I might as well get prayed for. I want to ask God to bless my job. Help me like my boss. Help me like my employees. Come up and receive prayer. Because what God has done in others, God will do in you. We're no different than you. Not at all. Everyone here has a story of God's amazing grace. Some may say immeasurably more. Amen. Let's pray. Father. As we prepare to dismiss today, 
We ask that you will be with us now, that you will lead us and you will guide us into your path, and that you will provide for us salvation first and foremost, and that, Lord, those of us who are already saved will get plugged into a good church to grow. And those of us, God, who are going through hard times, we will trust you. And for those of us who are going after our dreams, we won't sacrifice our family or our lifestyle of living a good life for the money, the job, or the promotions. That, Lord, will be blessed, will be whole. Just take a few moments, look at your life right now. Do any of these things apply to you? We'll dismiss in just a moment. And those who need to go will be free to go. We'll bless you. If you haven't got a free book as a visitor, make sure you get one. I wrote a bunch of books, and we're giving them away for free to our visitors today. But take a few moments right now to search your heart. You've heard his story. You know our story. What is your story? A few more moments. Change our hearts today, God. Let no one leave out here the same way they came. Father, as we get ready to go now, those who have to go, we pray you bless them. But those who stay, those who want prayer, those who want to receive what they've heard today and be encouraged, Lord, I pray you meet them at these altars. You change their life so that they'll never be the same again. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Will you stand up with me? Give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Slap your neighbor high five and say he has risen. God bless you. You are dismissed. Have a wonderful day. If you would like to come up for prayer for any of the things we talked about, come on up now. We'll see you at Life Groups. God bless you. Thank you. Come on up. We just want to pray for you. Otherwise, we'll see you at Life Groups. Feel free to worship as you're waiting to pray, those who are hanging back. Let's sing it one more time. Because Jesus paid it all.